You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. My co-host, Julian Edlow, Steve Buchanan here for right in the beginning of the NBA All-Star break. A little low in the sports action, but, you know, that's going to end very quickly. March Madness on the cusp. In kind there of- is no low in the sports action. This is our first March podcast. What do I do on March podcasts? I do this on videos, podcasts, when we're in the office other years. I'm sweating an 11 a.m. tip-off college basketball game as we record. You guys will all know my fate when you see this. Duquesne plus seven and a half. Down huge to the Bonnies, but they're coming back. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be I'll be sweating the end of that during this um, and trying to talk some NBA with Steve. Steve obviously can't carry the NBA conversation, so I'll be doing that while I'm sweating the game. And uh, maybe we'll talk some March Madness future content because there's going to be a lot of it. You know, you stick with what you're good at, okay? And that, that, that's that's the way to live. But let's start off with what I can do is give you questions to answer. Let's start <laughs> off with the breaking news. You're so just, valuable. Thank you. Let's, let's start off with the breaking news that just came right before we started recording. Blake Griffin being bought out by the Pistons. They're buying out his contract there. Was making $36.5 million for this season. Had the player option for next year for just under. million, but obviously knee issues have been plaguing him, maybe finally catching up to him because his numbers this season have been absolutely atrocious. Right as the buyout happened here, averaging averaging just over 12 points per game on 36.5% shooting, 5.2 rebounds, 4 assists per game. It has been an absolutely abysmal season for Griffin. Already some rumors out there, the Lakers, Nets, Heat and Warriors all interested in retaining his services. Probably a good second unit guy at this point. Only 31 years old, but I think it's safe to say he looks like he's 41 with the play that with the way that he's been playing this season. What do you think the future holds for Blake Griffin now, who is now going to be an unrestricted free agent? Yeah, obviously the money was ridiculous on Griffin. So you buy him out of that. Now he's free to some of these contenders, and it makes a lot more sense. And in terms of how he's playing, he's not the Blake Griffin that he once was not even close but if you want to make him a fifth starter or a sixth or seventh man on one of these teams it's a completely different role not to mention getting out of Detroit which just has no hope no players no anything is going to be a breath of fresh air um Griffin's still a good uh, he's always been a good passing big 
Um, so when you surround them with talent like the Nets or like the Lakers have, who I think are the two clear front runners here, I would make it Nets and Lakers versus the field. Um, it's a completely different story. Like he, he will play well with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. He'll play well with Kyrie and Durant and James Harden. Um, it's just a completely different situation. And his, his numbers might not be exactly the same in terms of volume, uh, but there will be value there. I think the Nets probably have the inside track, um, given just how much talent they have, how much they gave away in the James Harden deal. It, seems like, it feels like they still have to bring some rotation guys back in, even though they've been hot. Uh, and then DeAndre Jordan is his guy from all those Clippers years. Um, that would be an interesting scenario for him, situation for him. Uh, maybe Joe Harris switches to come off the bench and you start James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. That sounds like a pretty good lineup um, to close games with at least. So uh, the Nets make a lot of sense to me. The Lakers, obviously, there's the L.A. connection. He spent so much of his professional career there, and he played with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the defending champs, and, and that makes a ton of sense as well. So you say teams like the Warriors are – it's weird to say, like the Warriors still feel like they're a year away from bringing their second dynasty back uh, of having hopefully a healthy Clay Thompson – with Draymond Green and Steph Curry and and building a little bit more. Once Klay Thompson went down, this turned into kind of a, not a rebuild year, but it, it definitely slowed the Warriors down. So I, Blake Griffin, do you want to wait a year? The Warriors are out of the playoffs right now. We're about to talk win totals, seeding, yeah. stuff like that. The Warriors are sitting ninth in the West. They can definitely get in there, but I, what do you want to play the, the Jazz or whoever in the first round? Probably not. Um, or you climb even higher and play whatever the Lakers, the Clippers, the Suns, a team you don't want to play. So it's, it's Lakers, um, and Nets versus the field. And I would, I would favor the Nets for a, a landing spot for, for Blake Griffin, who I think is going to be a, a much more pleasant piece than, than people think, uh, in, a, a playing with players like that versus what he's been showing us in Detroit. And just going off some of those teams you were talking about, uh, the first half of the NBA season is officially over. We are in the all-star break right now. So we have some bets that we can look at over on the DraftKings Sportsbook with that. But just quickly, I wanted to go over some of the first half trends that we've seen so far, looking at some of the best teams covering the uh, against the spread and with the over-under Top two teams against the spread has been the Jazz 25 and 11, followed by the Suns at 24 and 11. Both teams covering by an average of three points, where the two worst teams, which is, you know, probably can figure it out quickly Houston Rockets 11 and 23, and the Timberwolves 14, 21 and one. Obviously, the Rockets are on just like a historic, unbelievable slide right now. 13 game slide coming into this all star break. Um, Anything kind of point out to you there? I mean, I no, no real surprise here with the Jazz and the Suns, two of the best teams right now going. Also some of the best teams against the spread. Anything kind of uh, jump out at you there? Yeah, the Jazz are the two best bets, it feels like, so far if you made them in the NBA, is a Jazz over and a Timberwolves under because those have to have, you know, really bad stretches in the second half not to hit. They're on such a great pace. Um, there's really not as much as I thought that stands out in the win totals, like 
our win percentages wise. There's some, some better teams than we thought teams like the Charlotte Hornets are better The Knicks are, are up there in the Eastern conference. Some, some surprise teams. Uh, the magic are, are definitely worse than we thought. We thought maybe they'd cl- hang on to one of those last seeds in the East for the playoff picture. The only team worse in the East has been the Pistons. The Cavs bring that, that streak into the all-star break. They were looking like an under team. Now they're looking maybe more like an, an over team. Um, one interesting talking point, I think, is just the Bucks and Lakers were favored to be the one seeds in, in each conference. Uh, the Lakers are the defending champs. Milwaukee, a team that keeps getting that one seed but not getting through to the NBA Finals. Both teams on underpaces. Not too far off, but still on underpaces. Uh, so those yeah. are two teams that are slowing down in the regular season that, uh, you know, maybe they were a little overvalued going into the year due to the previous success. And we look at some of those win percentages. We're going to talk about this for a few minutes here. We were able to get some of the closing numbers from the DraftKings Sportsbook on where these teams landed. And you mentioned like the Jazz, you know, the over under for them was 57 and a half percent. They're currently at 75 percent, like just absolutely annihilating that win percentage. Still a full season, a full second half of the season to go. But this probably has to be one of the biggest surprises of all the teams right now. Yeah, I mean, we knew the Jazz were were good. They were a middle-of-the-pack playoff team last year. They lost to Denver in a series that, you know, came down to a shot in a Game 7. So Utah's good. Uh, and Bogdanovich being back for them, he wasn't playing in the bubble. We, we knew Utah had the type of uh, team that could be like a three or four seed in the West and have home court. We didn't know that they could be, you know, mopping the Lakers by 30 points and dominating the West to, to have a one seed. They're, they're, the way that they're playing this year is completely different. Uh, they're spreading the floor. They're getting up threes. They're still good on defense, but not the defensive team, slower pace team that we're used to necessarily in past years. So schedule has a lot to do with any everything in the back half. Like which teams do you still have to play? How many back? to backs do you have there's going to be a lot uh but utah is not one of these teams that has guys maybe other than mike conley here and there that's like a veteran that you rest all the time like some of these teams do like the clippers do with Kawhi and paul george um there's just utah plays their guys and they play well and they're playing together uh and you know they have a six-man heavy favorite in in jordan clarkson that really helps them out when a guy like Conley doesn't play. So I I don't see the jazz are going to slow down. I would say they're not going to run away at this type of of pace, winning three out of every four games, but they're going to be tough to knock off of that one seed, which does something in the playoffs because we're not in a bubble. We're going to have home court. So, you know, LeBron's going to have to go to to Utah for a, a game seven of the Western conference final or whatever, which is not something we thought we'd be saying before the season couple teams that are pacing over their uh, projection. Obviously, the Sixers at 66, projected at 58% coming into the half. The Nets slightly over 64% projected at the 62 and a half. You mentioned, you know, we just talked about the Jazz. The Suns also really do pacing well right now. 68% over the projected 52 and a half. You did mention the Lakers a little above, a little below 64%, uh, 64% at the 66. And the Bucks also... A little bit uh, trending a little bit uh, below as well, 61% at 68%. If there's one team that you can cash already, though, 
The Timberwolves at 19% projected at 41%. They're also on a pretty bad slide right now. Nine game slide coming into the all-star break. Uh, the Rockets were not on the board when these numbers did close. They're only at 32%. Like I mentioned, the 13-game slide right now. And then the Kings, also one of the worst teams, actually just around there at 38%, projected at 40.5%. But, man, the Timberwolves, just an absolute disaster. Like, 41% might have felt maybe even a little lofty at the time, but they're not even close. They're not even sniffing that number. Not their year. Uh, not a team that we thought was going to be a playoff team or anything to begin with. But then Carl Anthony Towns has COVID. He misses a chunk yeah. of time. D'Angelo Russell goes down with a long-term injury. Malik Beasley, obviously, in some, some legal trouble out for 12 right. games. There goes your backcourt that scores 40 a game uh, right now. So it's tough. You got, you know, Anthony Edwards looks like a decent player, number one overall pick, but not not a guy that you sell out a draft for. LaMelo Ball kind of is looking like a player that you sell out for at the top of a draft. Um, maybe some regret there for the Wolves when you have, uh, you know, not the best not the best character guys, it seems like, long-term in terms of their backcourt with, with Russell and Beasley. Uh, maybe that's why they stayed away from Ball, and now that looks like not the right decision. Right. Uh, but the Timberwolves weren't going anywhere to, to begin with. They're, they've been a mess for quite some time, and that doesn't look like it's changing. So uh, th there's not really much of a take on them. There's not much to do with them in, in the futures market. It's just I've been fading them recently. Uh, Charlotte opened a one-point favorite in Minnesota in their last game before the break. They won by, I don't even remember, 30 it seemed like. Uh, so coming out of the break – I don't see why the Timberwolves are going to have any motivation or get any better. Uh, so they should be a team to fade. And rather than even, you can fade them, you know, whatever, 10 point dogs against good teams. But I prefer if you're going to have a, a solid middle of the pack team, like, like the Hornets being a near pick them, I'm looking for spots like that. Give me some worse teams against the Timberwolves because the Timberwolves are the worst of the worst right now. And I'll continue to fade them. Of the first half. What was your favorite play that you did? I know Nick's first half was a big one. What was your favorite play that you had during the first half of the season? So my favorite trend to, to ride was Nick's first half because we got 14 in a row at one point. <laughs> and it's now 15 and one in their last 16. Uh, we lost it on Tuesday. I stayed off of it on Thursday with Derek Rose ruled out. I said I would consider playing it if Jeremy Grant was ruled out and um, Alfred Payton was ruled in. All that happened, and I still just didn't play it, and it hit, of course. So that's one of the trends to look at coming into the second half. The Cavs have covered five in a row yep. after failing to cover 13 in a row. They're a team to look at coming out in the second half. Um, what other ones? The Suns are on a 20-3 and three first quarter run. That's wow. like Nick's good. Uh, so that is one to look at coming out in the second half. Those are probably the top trends. What was my favorite? My favorite bet in the first half is by far, because I never get this lucky. Um, one thing to keep an eye on, and this has happened a couple times, and I've cashed both of them, even though I didn't deserve one. Um, when these late scratches and COVID, like Ugh. the way live lines work, 
is it, it's just math. It's a formula that gives you the live numbers based on the closing line. So when Steph Curry is ruled out in Charlotte in his hometown, yep. like literally after the game starts, when Kawhi Leonard is ruled out the other night at Boston, literally after the game starts, the live line never changes four or five points to reflect that. It's still the same numbers in game. Paul so George took, last night. Paul George last night and the, the Clippers lost. Um, so took Boston live plus money in game that cashed against the Clippers took the Hornets plus money in game. That's my favorite bet of the first half because they should have lost that game down. Uh, whatever it is down two with a jump ball at center court with nine seconds, Draymond green gets teed up, hit two free throws to tie Terry Rozier hits the buzzer beater to win the game. Um, that's how Hornets cashed. It was lucky, but getting the plus money with Steph Curry ruled out, it was worth the bet. Um, so that's my favorite bet that I cashed. And that is a trend to keep an eye on these late guys getting ruled out and, uh, the live line, not budging. So while those announcements might hurt you on a DFS side, you can probably make up for it on the Bring sports it back. betting side. Bring it back on the sports betting side. Uh, let's talk about the all-star weekend a little bit here. Obviously, Team LeBron versus Team Durant. Team LeBron favored by four points in this one. As always, a massive over-under currently set at 309, minus 109 for the over, minus 112 for the under. I mean, even with that total, good luck trying to take an under and sweat that one out. Uh, any leans on this one here? I know this is kind of like a little bit of a wonky all-star game here. Obviously, you know, a lot to take in with how everything has been playing out so far this season here. But any initial thoughts on the lines here for the all-star game itself? Um, I, picking the winner is always just who Crap knows. Uh, yeah. I think Team LeBron is probably better, and that's why they're the favorite. But then can you just – blind bet the the underdog that's not the worst strategy in the world because it's a coin flip game here's what i did i i bet the under last year because of the Whoa. people seem to forget about the kobe format right when we get to the fourth quarter you play to 24 so you can't really have more than like maybe it ends on a weird three-pointer when you only need one or like but it can't really be more than like 46 to 50 points in the fourth quarter. And if a team runs away with it and wins it on like a 24 to 10 run, then you're only looking at 34, 35 fourth quarter points. So I lost the under it was in, it it, it hit 312 last year and it was right around here, 309, 310, the total I lost it, but there were like a hundred first quarter points and I just played a few live unders that all hit. So it worked out. So I don't think I'm going to play the under on three Oh nine. I learned my lesson because these teams come out and are going to score like one seventy in the first half. And then they're going to tighten up a little bit in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter, I don't know if you remember or watched the game at all. The fourth quarter last year was like real, tight it took long to play to the 24 because the teams were trying so hard on defense um so i'm gonna wait and play like a second half under or at the end of the first quarter get some or in the second quarter get some uh assuming the pace is what we we think it'll be in that first half so that's what i'm gonna do i think this can spike up to like 320s um and and get some live under that'll be my probably my only approach on on the game itself 
I think that's a good call up though about the fourth quarter because I do think a lot of people don't realize that or take that into account. Like they just see that massive total, you know, especially casuals like maybe like myself and go, okay, you know, we know how these teams, no defense allowed almost, but it is very important to think about with the fourth quarter when taking into uh, those bets. I do want to talk about the weekend overall because I think that's where a lot of the excitement comes from a betting perspective on some of the events that they're holding and particularly the three-point contest. Not a ton up on the DraftKings Sportsbook as we record this Friday afternoon for the dunk contest, but I would expect that to change as we get a little bit closer to that. So keep an eye on that one. But I want to hone in on the three-point contest this year because this field is absolutely loaded when you look at the names that are in for this year kind of in tears on if you're taking the winner of the three-point contest here um booker and curry at plus 200 levine mitchell at plus 500 and brown and tatum two celtics in the bottom tier there at plus 700 we have you know obviously steph curry won this event 2015 Devin Booker, we all remember what happened last year with Buddy Heald, obviously losing by one point there, did win in 2015. So where are you kind of leaning on this one? If you're going, if, you know, if you're going for by just best three point percentage of the field is Levine at 43 and a half averaging uh, 8.1 attempts per game. So obviously at plus 500 decent value there but are you also looking to you know maybe go against Steph Curry who we all know how well he performs in this contest what are your what is your lean here in this one yeah I don't like to overthink these uh it is a good field with all due respect to you know I'm a I'm a big Celtics fan cover the team with all due respect to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum they don't necessarily belong in this field like they're good upcoming players and whatnot Neither I would consider a three-point specialist. Uh, so uh, we can take them out of there and both their first times in it. Like, I don't think they're going to, it's, it's a different, it's a different groove that you get into in this type of competition. Um, so I just play it simple and go right to the best shooters. And that that's Booker and Curry. And that's why they're favored. Uh, I, I, I'm just going to ride with, with Curry. I think at the plus 200, it's, I don't know why he's a co-favorite. He shouldn't be a co-favorite. He should be the favorite. He's the best shooter by a wide margin. The, you know, format of a three-point shootout favors him of just the pick up and shoot it. Quick release. Um, So uh, this would be Curry for me. And if I made a second bet, it would be Levine. I think he's not the same type of shooter, but the di- the difference between Booker and Levine, I don't think is the plus 200 to a plus 500. I see them a little bit closer together. Um, like you said, Levine percentage wise is having the best year. Uh, he does have a pretty quick release himself. Um, my worry with Levine is that like, he's a little too bouncy. Like he's a, obviously a put on one of the best shows in the dunk contest that we've seen. Um, <laughs> you don't want to be, flying up in the air on these threes yeah like he does you want to keep it compact um you want to keep it exactly the way Steph Curry shoots uh which is why I think he's the best bet but if Levine can change his his style a little bit and uh not get as much hang time on his shot uh I would have a little bit of interest there just because of the price at plus 500. They do have some other props that you can take on here. Some pretty fun ones too. Um, if a player is going to make any of the Mountain Dew zone shots, if they're going to make both of those shots, 
to make all five of the money ball shots to reach the finals. Like just a ton of really fun props on this one with, with that one to reach the three point finals. Just kind of taking a quick look at this one here. Like doesn't feel like a ton of value on the board in this one here. Obviously, if you think that maybe one of the Celtics players can reach the finals, you can get plus money on them, but otherwise the rest of the field is all, you know, minus 110, minus 125 to make the final. So really no v- big value there, but um, any of these props kind of stick out to you a little bit here. I think, uh, to make all five money ball shots, I think that actually might be kind of a fun sweat because those are obviously, you know, the like the big shots near the end there. Some really nice odds on these ones too, like Tatum at plus 800, uh, Steph Curry plus 450. So getting some good value on these. Hard feet to make, obviously. But again, I think, especially for All-Star Weekend, these are some of the fun props that you can kind of sweat during these events. So I'm looking into the rules to figure out how many guys are in the finals because you think it should be two, right? Right. And that's what it was last year. Healed versus uh, Levine Booker Booker Oh, Booker. I'm sorry. Yep. Well, so there's six guys here and you know, a Curry Booker final, both those guys are minus two twenty five. So if, you know, Levine and Mitchell are pick them both ways, aren't a couple of those guys going to miss? Like you can get the no right. on both of them for minus one ten. I'm not betting Brown or Tatum. Well, Brown or Tatum to miss at minus 200 is not that bad. Not terrible, right? Yeah, it really isn't. Um, Can we parlay in this section? (laughs) We're doing stuff on the fly. (laughs) Always the parlays, too. Always the question. Can you? I think you can. Oh, boy. So you can take, like, Brown and Tatum not to be in the final at plus 124. Wow. Yeah, yeah, looks I mean, like a go on my end. I <laughs> so like we think it's pro- probably going to be Curry and Booker, but even if it's not, let's say Levine shoots the lights out and he slips in there over one of those guys, it's still not Brown or Tatum. Right, Mitchell's definitely the fourth best shooter in the competition, I would say. Um, all right, Jalen Brown, sounds, the Celtics fade, Celtics fade, Celtics fade parlay might have something to it. Plus money, that's not too bad. I mean, especially what the odds are for them to even, um, you know, to win this thing. Or if you want to, like, so we think the final is going to be Curry Booker, but, like, what if you just bet both of them no at plus 180? If you get anything other than a Booker-Curry final, you profit. See, this is the good stuff on the fly. See, this is why you got you to gotta do this out and see what you can come up this with. Why I'm a, this is why I'm, I give... I give good advice. <laughs> Tail all my plays. There's going to be some 0 and 3, 0 and 4 nights, and then I'm going to hear about it on Twitter. Yes, um, you will. There will also be good nights. But when it comes to just simply advice, I think the Brown Tatum to miss parlay and betting Curry and Booker just plus 180 not to be in the final, one of them is probably not going to be in it. All right, and, then if you, and then if they, if they are in it, you automatically win the Brown and Tatum to miss parlay. Right. Mm. We've created a whole web here Yeah, this uh, a, that just works well together. Rewind the podcast, figure out this maze we just gave you, but it sounds like it could be a profitable maze if you can make your way through. Then if the there final is Levine and Mitchell, you win all three at plus money. <laughs> oh my goodness. So we're just paying for everything that you need. You know, your house will be done. 
once we're done with all this maze. Uh, let's quickly go to some team futures real quick here. We're looking at the odds now as, again, we're heading into the second half. Lakers still favored to win the championship, plus 250, followed by the Nets, Clippers, and Bucks. Any uh, value in any of those there? Any long shots you're kind of looking at as, you know, we're kind of getting towards the second half here? Obviously, the landscape has changed a bit from when the season first began, but Lakers still up at top. I think the wrong team is favored. I think the Lakers are going to be, I think they're going to win the West. I think they're going to be very competitive. Anthony Davis needs to be healthy. He is a, you know, known for being injured and it's a calf Achilles type of deal. If it's anything like Durant a couple years ago when Toronto wound up winning the finals, um, if this affects him long-term, that really screws the Lakers over. We'll see if the, you know, where does Blake Griffin go? Does he go to Brooklyn, LA? Like, Maybe that's worth a little bit. Um, I, I like the Nets plus 320. I don't want to look at long shots. I'm not going to buy into the Utah hype. I'm not going to overthink it. Uh, you know, Durant's been really giving this hamstring some time. Kyrie Irving chooses when and when he doesn't want to play. This is all going to stop in the playoffs. And all three of those guys are going to play every night and play their hardest. And I think it's going to, I think they're going to be on a different level. I think that we're forgetting because we haven't seen much of those three guys together, what that team is really going to look like, especially after adding buyout candidates and, and gelling a little bit more in the second half. Uh, Brooklyn's talent level is ridiculous. Brooklyn's talent level is better than the, the Warriors, um, perhaps. So uh, the, like the Durant Warriors. So it's just tough to go against this team. And that, that was a team that was, you know, a pick them every year to win the championship. And we're getting a plus three twenty here on Brooklyn right now in the all-star break. So my eyes just go there. It's the NBA take the talent. Now I know you said you didn't want to go with any long shots here, but let me just throw this out to you here. So the Miami heat 33 to one currently six in the uh, Eastern conference. Let's just say they end up landing Blake Griffin, which is one of the rumored teams here. Is there value in taking the heat at 33 to, to one now? Obviously, you know, Griffin would be coming off the bench, their second unit with them. Does that make them a better team than what they are now when they're currently at 33 to one? makes them a little better. Uh, Miami, obviously getting 33 to one on the team that, that was in the finals last year is pretty nice. Uh, but again, I, I think that the Brooklyn freight train in the East is going to be real once we get to the postseason. So I'm not stepping in the way of that. Uh, and if you don't think the Nets are going to win at all, I would just play them to win the East. So 33 to one, my eyes shift right next to the Miami Heat. Phoenix Suns, second in the West. Look at the Utah Jazz. They're plus 800. The Suns right. are having nearly as good a season. They're plus 33, uh, whatever, 33 to one. 33 to one. Um, take the Suns. If, if you don't like the Lakers, look at where the Jazz are priced now. Like, just take the Suns and you can play them to win the West. If you, if you agree on Brooklyn, like me, but you think it could be maybe a Brooklyn over Phoenix final plus 1400 to win the West. Uh, the Suns are the long shot team. If any, that I, I would take a stab at. All right, let's wrap up this show with what you've been chopping at the bit to talk about. You've been sitting there. I keep watching your eyes. You keep shifting upwards. looking at what's on television. This one's going to miss. This <laughs> Plus seven and a half came back from 20 something down to get it to eight. And now just. Yeah, oh, yes. Not happening. It almost almost cut it down to to 10, but now no 14. Yep. Look, looking at the live line, I see plus 23 and a half for them currently with just uh, just under a minute to go. <laughs> well, that's a good bet. They're only down 16. 
That's what, it doesn't look like it's available though. It's unclickable. It's it's shading okay, gray. So that's where it froze. That's where they cut it off. Yes, correct. Um, all right. So uh, anything you want to just touch on real quick uh, for March Madness before we wrap up for today? Um, Saturday will be a big day, college hoops wise. Uh, I think the the team futures tab. You can bet all the conference tournaments. That's something that I would look at. The selection Sunday tab is one of the most unique things that DraftKings has to make the tournament, the over-under seeding stuff. Um, let's see. I don't I don't think there's any specific futures right now that I'm going to be on, um, but the articles, I guess, is, is the big pitch. We'll have pools articles. That's coming up today on Friday. Next week, we're going to have a lot of futures articles. Once the bracket comes out, we'll have an article and we'll just have bets, bets, best bets articles coming in all the time and hopefully give better bets than Duquesne plus seven and a half, which is a loser. But we're going to bounce right back with VCU minus three and a half at 330. Yeah, be sure to keep checking DraftKings.com slash playbook. Julian is just absolutely loaded with March Madness content coming your way. Free to play pools over on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Your best bets for the slate of games just all over the place on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And I'm sure plenty of video content too as well. The proposal that you threw out, you know, without even discussing about maybe some extra podcasts actually looks like it's coming to fruition. Oh yeah. As well. I forgot to pitch, I forgot to yeah. pitch that. We're going to well, go some, ahead. So every Monday after selection Sunday, there's four Mondays. There's the Monday after Selection Sunday, two Mondays within the tournament, and then the last Monday is the National Championship game, April 5th. I'm going to have a podcast. We're going to cut the dead weight with Steve, throw him to the side, uh, keep unreasonable odds going on Mondays. I'll be joined by some really good guests that we have lined up, some big names in the sports betting industry, tight college basketball betting industry um, on the podcast on those Mondays to strictly talk March Madness. Uh, and those are, are going to be pretty exciting. And we're just getting a report from Shams Charania that Brooklyn is the leader in the clubhouse for Blake Griffin. There you go. So you heard it here first, everybody, because by the time you hear this, it's going to be very renowned. By the time you hear this, he'll probably be signed with the Lakers. Right. <laughs> Exactly. All right. That is going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. I'm Steve Buchanan for Julian Edlow. We'll see you next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.